Hi, welcome back to That Happy Habit, the podcast. I'm your host, Meg Goodman, and this is episode four. Today, we are going to be taking a look at how to manage your work stress. Um, I've just been back at work for my first two weeks of the year being a teacher, so I thought it's quite appropriate time to actually discuss how I manage my stress. But before we get into that, I'm going to do a bit of a quick life update. So like I just said, I've been back at work for the last two weeks. It's been quite an adjustment. So this is my second year teaching and I didn't really understand how much of a a concrete wall I was walking into of, of how much energy I would need to be at work. Um, so I'm feeling quite exhausted to be honest and just trying to spend my weekends recouping, spending time with friends and filling back up my cup. Um, we had a long weekend in the mix there so really it's been a pretty nice start back to work. Um, I got to meet my year sevens, so I've got seven little year sevens that have come through to start at school, and they are really cute. Um, they they all come with their own challenges, own personalities, and I think that they're going to make me all round a better teacher, which is something that I really look forward to. Um, Josh and I have been playing a new game. We've bought the Hogwarts legacy game so that's taken up a little bit of our time and for those who do know me I'm quite a avid Hogwarts Harry Potter fan so it's a really fun game if that's something that you are interested in so we've spent a bit of time on that that came out on Tuesday so I've been really enjoying just I don't know not feeling guilty for spending time doing things that I enjoy still has been a big priority for me so I've been really enjoying finding that work-life balance again trying to fit in the gym Next week again, my workload for work does pick back up. I go back into volleyball coaching for the year. So that's two nights a week. I'm going to be at the Eco Centre doing volleyball coaching. So just trying to balance that work-life balance is going to be a big push for me this year. And so I think how to manage my work stress is a good transition. And I can show you what tools I'm already putting in place to help me do that now that I am back at work. On that note, I do have a recommendation for the fortnight that I've been not talking to you guys. So I've um, I've had a puzzle on the table for the last two weeks and I love it. I love, they'll just randomly throughout the day, I'll just do two or three little pieces of this puzzle. It's a thousand piece puzzle, so it's going to take me a little while. But I'm enjoying that there's something that I can consistently keep coming back to. It's not... It's not an overwhelming, I have to do this. And it's quite calming and relaxing. So if you haven't done a puzzle in a while, my recommendation is to find a puzzle that you like, get a space that you can set it up and leave it, and just keep going back to it because it is really fun. Anyway, let's get into the episode. How to manage your work stress. Like I said, um, I've just been back at work after spending a bit of time over the summer break, recouping and regenerating, and one of the first things I noticed and I was able to self-reflect on after going back to work was, oh my goodness, how much stress it causes in not only my working hours, but just my personal life. Like I I just didn't, I didn't remember, because you kind of block it out, so I kind of forgot how much of work I had to put in to identifying the stress and not letting myself bring it home. So over these last two weeks, I've been implying these strategies and I was going to see how they worked for me over the two weeks before I talked to you guys. So I have a little bit to talk on about them. And I thoroughly think that they are worthwhile and 
these are things that have helped me in the last two weeks alone and all of last year to manage my work stress and to make sure that I'm not bringing this stuff home. So the first thing I'm going to get you to do is to find an activity that's calming for you. This can look like a lot of different things. So for me in the last two weeks, that's been building a puzzle like I recommended. Um, but there's lots of different things you can do. You can go for a walk, you can go for a run, you could build Lego, you could cook, you can dance, you can listen to music, read, listen to a podcast. But for me in the last two weeks, it has been building a puzzle and making sure on the weekends I'm getting up for a walk every day. Just getting those steps up, enjoying the fresh air and making the most of what is left of summer in New Zealand. I think having an activity that is calming really is important because then when you come home from work, you get in the door, you leave work behind and you do something for yourself. You step out of that work mindset and you're in home mindset and relaxing mindset. And for those of you who do work from home, I think having an activity that when you finish working from home, you move into this activity, you know that this is no longer work, this is leisure. And I think putting those that clear line in the sand and going, this is my calming activity that helps wind me down. And so sometimes for me that is cooking. I do enjoy cooking dinner. And I think not being in a rush when cooking dinner and just taking your time. So these activities, I think an important thing for them is that they're not rushed. If you're building the puzzle, you're building it until you don't want to build it anymore or you have to move on to something else. Or you're out for a walk until you don't want to be anymore. It's just... There's no pressure to do these. These are things that you enjoy doing. It's not a, I have to do these. It's an, I get to do these. So take that mindset shift and know that you get to do these calming activities when you come home from work. You don't have to do them, but you get to do them. So the second step I have, and it's something that I'm trying to get better at this year, is learning how to set clear work-life boundaries. Um, As a teacher, (laughs) it can be quite a tough one in general because people expect you to respond on messengers 24-7. They are always wanting your consistent um, communication and I think as a teacher you have to go, I'm actually not paid past this hour so I'm not going to work past this hour and put that line in the sand. So I've this year, if I've had parents email me outside teaching hours, I'll just respond when I'm back at school or I'm on in carpool on my way to school with my colleagues and I'll I'll say at the start of the email, sorry for the late reply that you um contacted me outside of my working hours and now I'm getting back in touch with you. So it's it's just making that clear and then parents know, oh she's not gonna respond when she's outside out of, of her working hours and that's normal because this is my job. This isn't my life. I'm allowed to go, I actually don't have to reply to you instantly in this space. Um, another example of that was actually even setting that that boundary with my children. So I had one boy in my class say, oh, miss, can you um, edit this work and do this for me when you get home? And I said to him, I was like, so clearly his teacher last that had him last year has done that for him. And I just said, no, sorry, I don't actually do that work at home. If I can't get it done during working hours, it'll have to wait till tomorrow, unless it's like a, a needed for in-class activity. But it was just his personal writing. So he said, I can make that happen tomorrow during my working hours. I'll add it to my priority list. And he looked stoked about it. And he wasn't disappointed at all. And I made a very clear boundary that this is what I'm going to be doing from now on. Um, 
it does feel a little bit weird and it does feel quite um, aggressive because I'm, I'm quite a passive person and I imagine a lot of people out there are and I kind of just go with the flow, do what I'm told, but I'm trying so hard this year to just be unapologetically myself and allowing myself to take that aligned action and know that home is home. I do not have to work at home and I know that... It's something that's uncomfortable, but if you can master the skill, I promise that that stress will no longer follow you home because you won't, when you get to end your working day, you won't be taking a list home with you. You'll be going, right, I'm leaving this list at work and I'm going to come back to the list at work because home is home. But that's a big goal for me, so I'm sure I will update you all later on how that is going for me. Um, my third tip is to have a hobby that is separate from work. So I, I'm obviously a teacher. So I, when I say have a hobby that's different from work, I'm meaning anything. It could be something creative. It could be something athletic. So I've got a couple of hobbies that I have nothing to do with work for me. So one of my favorite hobbies at the moment is weightlifting and I'm really enjoying going to the gym and that's a mental release for me. And it just, I've, feel growth and I feel skill development that I'm loving. So I think having a hobby that's entirely separate from work and even then running the podcast and doing um, my Instagram and my TikTok is though these are all things that are a part of my hobby and these fuel me and they make me excited. So like the other day in the mail, I got my business cards and my stickers to get ready for the journal and I was just so excited and I'm like this hobby is what keeps me going if I just took work home every day and overloaded myself and overcommitted myself I wouldn't have time to have this creative outlet and to be comfortable being who I am and share these ideas and do the podcast and create a journal and try thrive to create the life I really want to live so having these hobbies allows you to push your creative mindset if you're stuck at work all the time when are you going to find time to be creative you need to make it clear and and if you're only paid for 40 hours you should only be expected to do 40 hours it's it's on your boss if if you're doing more than that you're not you're not legally required to go above and beyond your contract your contract is your contract you are doing what you're doing so don't Never feel that there should be that societal pressure of hard work gets you places and hard work, you have to work hard to get there and do this. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I'll work hard at things that are going to succeed for me. And if I work 60 hours a week being a teacher, yes, my kids might benefit from it, but they're probably still going to benefit just as much as if I do the 40 hours and I'm a happy and an exciting person who has interests outside of school. I can come into class and talk to the kids and say, hey, I ran the Queenstown Marathon this weekend and show them pictures of me and my family. And they're excited and they find it more interesting. Or going, I went to a concert and did this and I had all these fun times and I show them all these fun videos and that I'm a more interesting person to them because I'm spending time investing in myself. And I think if you can spend that time investing in yourself, you're not actually diminishing your job. You're making yourself a better person so you're going to be better able to do your job. So don't feel that stress of having to go, oh, but if I don't get on top of it, I'm going to get behind and behind and it's a vicious little cycle. Prioritizing yourself is helping you get ahead. Always remember that. Having hobbies that are separate from your work is a crucial part to relieving that work stress. 
Now, number four, this links in quite nicely. Speak to your boss if it's becoming too much. Your boss is legally required to help you. That is what they are there for. They're there to support you through this job. You'll have a manager or someone in charge of you. So in my case, that would be the principal. If you are feeling stressed to a point that it is uncontrollable at work, please, please, please reach out to someone. There are trained guidance counsel professionals that are supposed to help you learn how to manage that that serious kind of stress or speak to your, your superiors because they may be able to provide support within your workplace environment. And also remember, they have been in your shoes, more than likely have been in your shoes. So they can provide you with steps or um, ideas and things that can help help you build on what you're stressing about and learn ways to cope with it. So for me personally, I find that often in carpool, I will release that stress. So if I'm struggling with a student and how to manage them, I'll talk to my colleagues in my carpool about it because then by the time I'm home, I've unwound from that and I'm in a whole different mindset and I know that home is home and if I want to talk about work, I get it out in the carpool and I really try not to bring it home for me and Josh because otherwise I talk a lot and I think Josh would get really sick of it because I would just talk about my kids all the time and they're not even my kids, you know, like it's just a job and I know that teaching is an amazing profession but I just need to remind myself that yes they I love this and they're my life and I love and enjoy it but it is just a job so let's put in I'm got some doing some quick math here for you so hypothetically you do a 40 hour work week I know some of you may do more or less but if you do 24 hours times seven you get 168 hours in a week and I'm a nana, so let's say, for example, I sleep for nine hours a day, so that's 63 hours a week I'm asleep, or, you know, prepping for sleep, that kind of ball game. When you subtract off your job and you're sleeping, in your week, you still have 65 hours left. That is a lot of time. There is so much time to do the things that you're interested in. I think just when you, when you learn to prioritize your time and to manage what you want, that work stress, that work stress won't feel so overwhelming or so unimaginably huge because you've got these things that you enjoy doing in your day that take that stress away. So in the morning, I used to put stress on myself before even getting to work that I had to go to the gym. And I used to go, oh, I love morning workouts. I'm a morning workout person. And I'm actually not. I work out so much better in the afternoon. I enjoy not being in a rush, taking my time. And then when I'm arriving at work, I'm not stressed because I've spent the morning reading, which is one of my calming activities. I've been journaling, which is another one of my calming activities. And then I've eaten a nutritious breakfast. I'm having my coffee an hour after rising to help my cortisol levels lower naturally. I've seen some sunlight. And so when I'm getting to work and I'm ready to start the day, I've already given myself a leg up. I'm not then arriving stressed. So if work work stress is something you're struggling with, have a look at the rest of your life and think, is there somewhere else that, that the stress is just starting to build before I even make it to work? So I used to feel stressed before I even got to work. So then by the time I was at work, I would definitely be stressed about anything and then by the time you're getting home, you didn't achieve what you wanted to achieve throughout the day because you were stressed. So then you're still stressed that you have to achieve more and it's just a giant stress ball. But if you can wake up in the morning and start with your calming activities, you then are at work and you 
have a logic, logical brain and you can step by step go through the processes to help yourself find calm in the day. And a really good tip and my final tip that I'm going to put in here, if you are feeling like it is all too much and you're sitting at work and you can't do it, I want you to breathe in for four, hold it at the top for four counts and then breathe out. Now it sounds so ridiculously simple and I know breath work sounds a little woo-woo but I do it in my class with my kids and I do think it is extremely effective. So I'm actually going to get you to do it with me on this podcast right now. So we're going to breathe in for four. So one, two, three, four and hold at the top. Two, three, four and release. Two, three, four. So when you breathe like that, you're you're allowing yourself to fill up with oxygen. You're holding at the top and you're thinking and it feels a little tight and it can feel a little constricted. But then when you release, you find a beautiful calm. I refer that breathing technique as to how to manage your work stress. So there's all of the stuff that you can do, like I've said. You breathe it all in, you feel it all out and you hold it all at the top And you're going, I can do all of this. You're holding, holding, holding. But then when you release and you kind of just let go to the process and know that everything's happening for for you and you are making the most of all of your days and you're making those clear boundaries so you're enjoying your personal life outside of work, you find that you can release and let go. So I hope that that breathing technique has been helpful in this space as well. And I strongly recommend that you try use it three or four times throughout the day just to recenter yourself and ground yourself into that calming zone. Now, I will just recap the five points that I've made just so that you have them in a list form. So number one was finding an activity that is calming for you. So for me, that was cooking, walking, or journaling or reading. Um, number two, learn how to set clear work-life boundaries. Number three, Have a hobby that is separate from your work. Number four, speak to your boss if it is getting too much or ask for support from co-workers. Number five, take deep breaths throughout the day. And a bonus number six, remember it is just your job. It's not your entire life. You are defined by so much more than your work. You're an amazing person and I think you don't have to You don't have to have your work define you. You are so much more than this. And if it is causing you stress to the point that there is no relief, potentially it's time to talk to someone and to move on from there. But try these techniques and see if they help for you. I know personally for me as a teacher, these are steps that really do do align and do work really well. So I really hope that some of you find a bit of um, spark or a bit of a step that you feel manageably that you can take and you can move forward into your life. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Happy Habit. I hope that you have enjoyed the content and you've been able to take something away. If you have any questions, queries or comments, please feel free to message me over on Instagram at That Happy Habit. We are building a community on Facebook as well. So if you want to become a part of that, please head to That Happy Habit, the Facebook group, and come and join us there. Along with all of this, if you have time, please leave a review, rate, comment, and subscribe to our channel. Thank you so much. Bye.